wealthy experts, where we are bringing on experts in their field to help us build effectively a wealthy life. Welcome everybody to another Wealthy Podcast. Today we're sitting with Alan Liao from Avari Capital Partners. And this is an interesting story today. Alan has built a very significant business, um, just over a billion dollars in assets under management in six short years. This is not something that, you know, the average anybody can do. So I'm very, very glad to get Alan on the show to talk about himself, the types of deals that he's been doing, how he sees wealth and ways that we can also build a wealthier life. So, Alan, I know that you're a busy man. Thank you for joining Thank us you, today. Um, a lot of the people that are watching and listening don't know this, but in the background, you've got basically a, a white wall, but you're in your office. It's a spectacular view. It's a shame that we can't watch it and without the line all screwing up. <laughs> yes. Um, Alan, you know, I, I did give you a quick intro there. Um, how, how did you... How does someone create a business like you have in, in the six short years? How did you get to where you are today? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, so I start my career uh, on, the, on the proprietary trading desk um, in, in the investment bank. Um, so I did about sort of five, six years, uh, just basically trading all kinds of asset classes. So including uh, the stock market, uh, fixed income, currencies, commodities. So basically everything. Um, and then after a few years, there was a U.S. legislation basically prohibiting all the U.S. banks from trading their own equity or their balance sheet. Uh, so, uh, so that kind of forced us um, and you know all our colleagues out from the banking system. Uh, so, and but what's really interesting is during that time that we kind of realized Australian property market probably has one of the best best risk reward metrics among basically any asset classes uh, when we're doing any sort of the other investments of the trading that we're going to face some of the, some sort of the losing situation at one time. Uh, for example, when we're trading the currencies that, you know, we, we probably have the, the win to lose ratio is probably 55 to 45. So, which means, you know, just slightly under half of the time that we're losing money. But if we invest correctly in the property market, it's actually really, really difficult to lose money in the property market. So Avari being around for about six, seven years, and we, we had about 50 odds of investment, never ever had a losing trade. And not really because, well, partially because we do our due diligence and the research, but also partially because of uh, if we buy well in the prime locations at a reasonable price, it's actually really difficult to lose money in the property market. So. On that basis, we uh, I got into the uh, got into the property industry. I uh, did a number of uh, residential developments myself, uh, and after completing about five or six projects, uh, I felt okay. Probably learned both sides of trade. On one side, it was the investment side. On the other side, it was the uh, was the construction property and uh, uh, and you know the the commercial or logistics um, uh, finance properties, right? So, and and the finance side as well. So, so at the time, we uh, I felt okay. The time is right uh, to start my own business, and then we start Avari. Um, and um, lucky enough, we had a lot of uh, institutional support at the start of our journey, and uh, quickly we built up to the size that we had. 
there's a lot of things that I want to unpack in there. Um, firstly, I just want to ask, before I ask you the, the, the more in-depth questions, with all the knowledge that you have with, with the financial backing, was it, were you still, was there an element of fear? Was there ever, an, is there still an element of trepidation when you were jumping out, starting your own business and doing these deals yourself? Uh, I was probably doing larger deals at the, in the bank anyway, right? So when I started, I was basically risking my own salary that I have collected from the, from the past. And then we were doing very small projects, say, for example, four townhouses. Uh, and then just to then obviously try to build up, um, uh, build up based on, based on the experience that we, we have. Uh, so, you know, starting, starting own business is definitely very, very different experience. Uh, but on the investment side, I would say the same principle always applies. Uh, you buy you buy things in the its intrinsic value, try to add value to it, and then try to look for a, a good exit, right? So that same principle actually applies uh, whether whether you're trading uh, stocks or property or or even foreign exchange or anything that you do, uh, the the same investment principle from say Warren Buffett, uh, you know, buy things and this, and this intrinsic value still applies. And the, the interesting thing that I really, I really valued is that you looked, you look at the broad spectrum of investments. You essentially had everything to invest in at your fingertips. And you looked at the Australian property market and said, you really can't lose here. And, and what is it about the Australian market in particular that, you saw that it's such a robust or strong market that you felt so confident to, to, to sort of throw your money in and give, dedicate your resources and time towards it. Uh, no, I think there were several um, elements to it, right? So firstly, that um, uh, I think one thing that I've got to correct myself is not just Australian property markets, like in, in most of the property market in the developed countries, um, it's very difficult to lose money. Uh, Blackstone, they've been around for 30, 40 years. They, uh, uh, last time I heard is they never have a losing investment in the, in the property division. So, uh, so one thing about property is over time, it's, you know, it's probably one of the best inflation hedge in any asset classes. So over time, they always, and with population growth, with more urbanization, with people uh, basically uh, moving into the city, um, when you buy prime locations, not having huge amount of leverage on those properties, over time, they always go up. The only thing that kills the property investment is over leverage, right? So if we can take the leverage bit out of the, 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 the investment, it's actually, over time, they always go up, right? So that's number one. Number two is when we're investing a market like stock market, right? you're relying on the management of that company. So if we buy CBA shares, you rely on the board of directors, the whole management team, the whole system of the bank. But in the property that we have, or even when we do the private equity investment, that you still rely on the management. In the property industry, we can control the destiny. That's why uh, at Avari, that some, some, most of the most of the fund managers, they will outsource the property management development management capability, the design capability to external firms, we bring all of those capability inside, inside of Avari Capital Partners. So we still do our own developments. We still do all the refurb ourselves. 
And so basically throughout that process, we really control what the destiny is. And that will give us, uh, you know, so we are the manager uh, uh, ourselves. And then so, so really enable us to buy, look at the missed price, look at where things in the value, and then really from the operational point of view, accessing, okay, that the building is, the previous manager may not have managed the building so well, uh, is that something that we can fix? And the reality is nine out of 10 times, it's, it's not something that we can fix either, right? But, but one, one, one out of 10 times, maybe we see something, okay, we can actually fix it. And then that's the outperformance really derives from that process. Right. So and for the people that don't know much about Avari, I'd love to just chat, chat a little bit about that. But the things that I understand about Avari is you do developments, you, you know, you bring investors together, you buy underperforming assets, you add some value, you also do some lending as well. And, and it feels like you're um, a one stop shop for property investment at a more commercial level. Yes, we we don't really label ourselves as a property investor. Right, because what you, you, it, you know, on the surface we are, right? Really deep inside, we are the investors uh, that using property, Australian property market as an intermediate, right? So basically uh, you can invest in companies or you can invest in properties. The one thing good about property are two things, sorry, two things very good about property. One is over time, they always go up in value, mm. right? If you invest a small company, they might go, uh, they might have uh, difficulties in, in, in running the business. So, so the value can potentially go to zero. It's very, very difficult for a, a, a piece of land to go to zero. Uh, second, that we have the control of the destiny. We can control what the end goal is, right? So these are the reasons that we choose to invest in the property markets. So we still see ourselves as an investor. So more like a private equity play. Uh, we're not really asset collectors like some of the big listed companies. They are they they buy office buildings. They sit there for ten years. They collecting the yield. For us, it's more about how can we see that piece of investment. It's underperforming. What can we do using our specialties and expertise? How can we make higher than market returns? How can we make the alpha return out of that piece of investment? Uh, using our property skills, right? So that's probably a more accurate description of what we do. Uh, so basically we look at all kinds of investment and then when we look at those investments, it's really about, okay, what position make more sense? We can go buy the property or we can give the developers some money for them to manage and for them to build that property or we can lend them some money to do it through a structured deal obviously the high risk a high return that we a high risk we take and high return that will be demanding so uh so basically that's the dna of Avari is we we look at all type of investment in the property space and we find the best capital piece whether it's equity whether it's debt to match our investment strategy it's a very very interesting business now the longer you look at it the more you uncover and actually learn about real estate and how you approach it the, the current market, it, it's a very interesting space that we're operating in. What are you seeing that's standing out to you? And, and, and so what when you're looking at the market right now, what are the obvious factors to you that are impacting your decision making and, and how you're looking at the future and how people should be responding? What, what are you seeing in the market at the moment? Um, what we see in the market is we, on one hand, that we have 
uh, the capital value is going up because of the low interest rate environment in the, in the globe. Uh, on the other hand, we probably have one of the toughest leasing market that we have seen in the last decade, right? So uh, on one hand, say, for example, if we're talking about office space, uh, the, the incentive that landlord has to offer, the downtime, uh, the vacancy rate is actually a lot higher than the last 10 years. On one hand, on the other hand, the, the value of the properties keep going up because of the low interest rates, right? So this is definitely something that we need to be alert of, not saying, or we're not suggesting by any means that property market is going to fall, uh, but that means the stable income is, it, it will become harder and harder to get, right? So, and same as the, the, the industrial space, I know, uh, I know everyone's discussing the, uh, the boom of the economy, uh, which has resulted historically uh, when, when I start investing in the industrial space, we're, we're still buying office at, uh, sorry, warehouses at the yield of seven to 8%. Uh, right now, if you have a long lease to a national tenant, uh, they can go as low as 3%, right? So, so that, that has dramatic, while at the same time, the rental hasn't grown in Sydney or Melbourne. So the rental growth, despite the capital have probably grown 100 to even 200%, the rental has probably gone up only 10%, right? So these are the things, what's really driving the underlying asset value should be the cash, the free cash flow it generates, whether it's a business, whether it's a piece of property, right? So this is definitely something that we, on our radar, that we be alert, that on one hand, uh, you know, rental growth hasn't really come come true. On the other hand, the capital value has gone through the gone through the roof, right? So these are the things that we watch carefully uh, in the in our daily market, which sort of dictates how we buy and invest in different different um, property sectors as well. That's interesting. So there's two. You're you're paying attention to the office market, uh, commercial, and you're also paying attention to industrial. And the things that stood out to me is that the asset value, the prices are going up, but effectively the underlying asset really hasn't changed rental growth isn't there do you feel like we are going into a bit of a it's a you know a bubble or a boom and do you anticipate there will be some kind of fall or crash in asset prices in the future oh uh, we don't know like this thing can last these bubble type of thing like even it's a bit hard to call it what is a bubble what is not bubble right but yeah. these type of thing can last for years and um uh, but, but, which means that we're just going to be a little bit more careful that buying something at 3% and hoping uh, this trend will continue. And I don't think this trend will just keep continuing, right? So if people's happy with just keep collecting the 3% over the next 10, 20 years, then that's probably an okay investment. But certainly, you know, we're not anticipating, okay, if we buy an industrial ware at warehouse at 3 or 4%, uh, the cap rate is going to keep compressing, and the cap, which means the capital value is going to keep growing. Uh, another thing that people probably uh, pay too much attention is the profile of the tenant, uh, uh, the lease profile, right? So uh, if it's got a strong lease, uh, the property tend to trade at a very, very significant premium to something has a, a weaker tenancy profile. But people always forget, end of the day, we buy the land, we buy the property. Right, lease itself. So, so, so we always say there's three components. One, one is the land, the other is the property, the third component is the lease. Lease and property are actually depreciating assets. Over time, they, they, they go down in value. 
the only thing that really goes up in value is the land, right? So, and a lot of time that when investors buy properties, they pay too much attention on lease. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay attention on lease, but lease isn't the only thing that dictates the value of that property, right? So a lot of time people forget about what, what's the underlying asset, what's the underlying uh, property they're actually buying. Mm. And that's also dangerous from our point of view. So, so with all of this in mind, where, where's the opportunity? What should we be looking at? Or what, where do you see you know, holes in the market without giving away your trade secrets? Uh, it's very hard to say because what we do is we try to look at every single deals coming to the market. I think there's about um, uh, six to 800 deals above $10 million in the Australian market each year. Uh, we try to look at every single deals um, in that space. Uh, and then we're trying to look at all the lending deals. So what we always do is we, we're constantly searching for misprice. So buy anything and hoping the market will go up, strategy probably doesn't work anymore. That's why we become much more selective on, on buying things. And as a result, that we have, we have definitely, we, we, we have been buying less um, in the last two years. And I think we have, we have definitely ramped up the, the lending book uh, because their short duration, uh, we're still getting very stable uh, and strong incomes. Uh, and that's certainly an area that we, we have ramped up in our portfolio. Uh, in terms of the opportunities in the, in the, in the property market, we're still looking for misprices um, instead of, okay, we, we see a big trend and we're certainly you know, looking to buy anything in that, in that particular category. Uh, I think the time of that kind of strategy is is already gone beyond us. And then we just need to be much more selective at this, this point so, of the cycle. So it sounds like you're diversifying income streams by paying attention to lending, but then also being opportunistic in the investments that you're selecting rather than any major trends. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, you know, uh, thank you for that, that analysis. It's good to hear this kind of top level uh, breakdown. Now, I just want to ask some more sort of personal questions because obviously you've built this significant business, but it all comes from, from something quite personal to you. Yes. Now, how do you see wealth? How do you, how do you think about building a wealthy life? What does a wealthy life mean to you? Um, I think a wealthy life is really about you're free to do, you, you, you go to work not because you have to work, Right, and for me, that's um, for me that that really means uh, the financial freedom. Right, so uh, I'm not a personal. I'm not a big spender. So, so if I have my uh, decent house, uh, kids go to good schools, and and uh, I, I come to work because I want to come to work, uh, that's all that matters to me. It's great. I mean, that's that's a really well balanced way of looking at wealth, and it's it's. It's funny because, you know, I talk to so many people about this and it doesn't matter what part of the economy they're sitting, there's very consistent uh, flow through. And at a certain point, it doesn't matter how much money you accumulate, it really does become about time and your purpose and how you spend your time. So with, with that in mind, how, what's the one thing you could tell our audience so that they could go build a wealthier life? What's the one thing that they could do or change today or one thing that you've lived by to help you build a wealthy life? One thing we sort of witnessed through the, the uh, journey is a lot of people, they, they spend a lot less time on selecting, on making the financial investment decisions than they spend time on the online shopping, right? So 
people will say, uh, people have probably spent two hours on, on choosing what kind of handbag they'll buy, right? But in terms of selecting the financial product, selecting the financial advisor, picking the fund managers, picking the actual stocks, you know, you can, you can really hear a, a, a tip from a friend over a, a casual drinking session and you decide to invest $10,000, $20,000 in a, a stock that you know nothing about, right? So this is probably the thing that most people make their mistakes on, right? And I think just really uh, coming from the, 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 the investment background, one thing I would say, when every time we make an investment, we probably have gone through each investment we made, we have probably gone through at least 100 to even 200 opportunities. So that's the process. It's a really about a filtering out uh, what, what's not for you, uh, what kind of risk that you shouldn't be taking on, and then to come to a end decision about, okay, what you will invest in. We certainly don't invest in anything that comes to our desk. And then, in fact, we, 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 we turn down 99% of the opportunity that come to our desk. So these are the real, um, I guess, yeah, for, for people to want to build that wealth. Uh, and especially, I, I think, in this market, building wealth means invest well. Um, and that's the investment decision process, spending more time understanding product, understanding manager, understanding what you're actually investing in is very, very important. And also one thing is understanding uh, what's, what's the alternative options that you can invest in. I think these are the, these are the most important things. And I think average uh, or uh, the, the normal people that should be, should be focusing a lot more on. It's a very good, clean, simple way of thinking about it. Spend more time thinking about your investments than thinking about spending your money. So exactly. you can make more money than spending it. If you're spending more time about handbags and spending your cash, money's leaving your bank account rather than thinking about how you can go and invest. It's a very simple way of thinking about it. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, thank you for that. So... You know, lastly, I, I want to, we do this part of the podcast where it's effectively leaning on the network. In Wealthy Experts, we have a bunch of people that come on and a lot of people that are watching. So the first question is, what's one thing that we can do or that you can do for the network? So what's one thing that you could do for all of us, the people that are watching, that are listening, that are paying attention? What's your one area of expertise or what's one reason why we should reach out to you or Avari, what's, what, what, can, what can you do for us? Um, I guess Avari is just a typical funds management company, right? So we help, uh, we help uh, wealthy individuals or high net worth individuals build their wealth. Um, I probably wouldn't say that... Um, for someone who's just starting their life, uh, my recommendation would still be uh, buying a house. Uh, just uh, don't, don't invest in fund managers, don't invest in financial product, don't, don't invest in Avari as product, uh, but really focus on buying a house, buying a piece of land. Uh, one thing that's very important we always emphasize on is uh, land is the, something, uh, is, the, is the asset that actually go up in value over time. Um, so yeah, that's probably the advice that we'll, we'll, we'll give to uh, people that already starting, that's trying to start their life and building that wealth. Uh, when they come to a stage, they have they have their primary home or residential. They have a few investment uh, here and there. 
Avara is a firm that we can potentially help them to uh, build up the wealth, uh, whether through our uh, mortgage product, which is uh, the mortgage fund that we run, the first mortgage fund that we run uh, has, has a track record over 10% uh, annual return each year, that's monthly distribution. Uh, also, from time to time that we, we have our offering in the, in the equity fund that we do, the equity fund has returned over about 20% per annum uh, over the last six years that we have been around. So these are the products um, that can potentially help wealthy investors. And, and what's the one thing that we can do to help you? I mean, you might be moving offices, uh, buying new car or, you know, working on your golf game, whatever it is. What's one something that's, that's niggling you in your life currently that we can all do to help or assist you? Uh, I think I have a pretty <laughs> heavy life at the moment. So uh, I, I think it's really, uh, it's a time that we, we think, you know, if it's something that we can help the audience and help um, people that we have, we, we're definitely willing to spend more time on. Uh, in, in terms of um, our life, we, we, we certainly, the business is growing. So I think, you know, from my personal point of view, nothing to complain, um, you know, so just, you know, keep the trend up. So, okay, so you don't really need any help. Everything's kind of bubbling away. And, and, and it sounds like if, if people are out there to reach out to Avari, you know, um, if you're if you're what a developer, if you're if you're looking to borrow money, lend money, if you're looking, there's a whole host of people. That oh yeah, yeah, yes, then then definitely right. So we're always looking for uh, deals. Uh, one thing that we have, oh, I guess, the trouble that we have at the moment is there's there's more money than the deal flows, right? So we have to uh, almost turn down a few application in the fund each month. Uh, which hasn't been, you know, that, that's definitely not something that we want to do. Um, so, so really from the developer point of view, uh, from, uh, you know, if there's any good investments, uh, very happy to look at them. Uh, if there's any developer that have funding needs, we definitely want to speak with them. Um, and, and we can go, uh, we can go, the capacity, we, we can go uh, from maybe two, three million dollars of investment that's awesome. So, I mean, really, the way that we can help you is just reach out with different deals and opportunities. You'll assess them and hopefully there's, a, there's something that we, our audience and you can do together. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We, we, it's quite interesting that we have, sometimes we do have our investors who invest in the fund and calling us and say, Alan, by the way, I've got this piece of land. Uh, could you have a look at this piece of land and help us to say, okay, if there's anything, whether it's a JV, whether you can help us to develop the mouse. Uh, so we do get those opportunities coming to our desk. And these are the, these are sometimes the best deals because it cut out, uh, it cut out all the middle person. And then from, and a lot of times through the structured deals, we can do, a, 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 it can be a win-win situation, which means we have a more protected return on the other hand, uh, the, the guy, the developer, the landowner approaching us end up getting a little bit higher than if they will have to sell in the open market, right? So these are the type of things that we'd love to talk to people about. Awesome. Alan, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. I've already taken up enough of it. Um, for all of you that are watching, listening, that are paying attention to this fire in the YouTube, into the, um, the podcast, leave comments. Let us know if you disagree with anything that we've written or, or said. And things that you do agree, let us know. Share it with your friends. 
Um, I really appreciate your time, Alan. You've been a mountain of uh, wisdom. It'd be great to catch up again soon and look at more of these deals that you're working on. Thank and you. to all of you out there, have an awesome day and we'll catch you in the next episode.